71. Episode 71 of the Wolfpack Podcast is what you're listening to. My name's Tyler Wolf and I'm your host and I'm here in the Wolfpack Mobile Studios, also known as my truck on uh, I-94, heading over to the office in good old Waukesha. I'm very excited about today's episode. It's a little bit of a longer conversation, so I'll keep the intro short, but let me just express some gratitude to you for listening. Thank you for being here uh, and listening. Man, at the beginning of this year, I had a word just kind of laid on my heart, um, a word in a, in a, in a joining phrase. And the word is forgotten. And the phrase would be, let me live and lead in a way that I am forgotten. And of course you're going to end up being meaningful to people when you just choose to just be gracious and loving to others around you. Uh, and so I, I don't mean I probably I understand it would be idealist to say no literally I want no one to remember me but really my motivation between that sort of being my word for the year is um, rejecting being anyone's hero how can I live my life in a way that I am no one's hero that I am a hero maker that if someone needs help from me, of course I'm willing to help them, but is there someone else that I can empower to be those helping hands? And of course, those are really general terms, and I could use that at work, I can use that in my personal life, Um, but maybe a really practical example would be, and I'm just making this up, somebody is struggling financially, I could give them a hundred dollars and say, Hey, I just want to help you out. But leading my life in a way, uh, that would cause me to be forgotten would be to leave them a hundred dollars anonymously. And so they got just as amount of help, but I was never their hero. Um, and so I love it. I love the idea behind that. I think it's Trinitarian. I think it's, uh, honorable and it's the reason I'm pursuing it. But when the rubber meets the road, dude, when it's time to actually take a step in the direction of loving people and helping people in a way that you'll still be forgotten, you feel the pain. It exposes you a little bit. It makes you feel like, um, oh, okay, I'm going to do this thing for a person in a way that they don't even know it was me or I'm going to let somebody else be the helping hand here. And you feel that tension like, oh, I kind of want to be noticed. I kind of want them to know that it was me. And the good news in that is that since it kind of hurts, you know that it's going to be good. Because only good things can come from most suffering. Uh, And maybe suffering is a strong word for it, but you get the idea. Before we get to the interview today, I just want to say that I am registering today for my first first ever jiu-jitsu tournament, and I've been talking with Dan, the owner over at Open Guard Jiu-Jitsu, about it, just like, dude, he knows I'm going to, he knows, and I know that I am just a frantic person, and I just put a lot of thought into the things that I do, 
and I'm like, dude, what weight should I be? What, uh, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going on vacation. I'm not going to do jujitsu for 10 days. Am I going to be able to be prepared for this thing? And it basically, he looked at me and he's like, Hey, um, yeah, the addict part of your brain is just going to have to relax. You're going to do the best with the time you got. So that helped me relax a little bit. Uh, I'll compete at 170 pounds, white belt masters, which I think is just like nice terms for you're getting kind of old. So it'll be a bunch of people in their 30s uh, doing jiu-jitsu together. Tournament's on July 31st. I'm very excited. Which brings me to today's interview. Back when I, before I started doing jiu-jitsu, uh, I went for a tour of the gym. And uh, uh, as I was waiting for the person to come and give me a tour, I don't want to name names. They were running a little bit late. Dan. Um, I was sitting there on the front step of the gym and a gray truck pulls up and, uh, they get out of their truck and they approach me and they go like, Hey, can I help you with something? Cause I'm sitting outside of this empty building. Uh, and he's like, Hey man, can I help you with something? I was like, yeah, I'm here to meet this guy named Dan for a tour of the gym. He's like, Oh, okay. How you doing? And I got to talking with him and just had a really interesting conversation with him and connected with him for a moment. And it was this tall dude with tons of tattoos and, uh, and, uh, that was the first person from open guard jiu-jitsu that I ever talked to. And that person's name was Ken Kranzman, which is today's guest. I enjoyed the crap out of this conversation with Ken. And, uh, I've told a few of you that you have to check out this week's episode. You gotta listen to this dude, Ken. Uh, he's just a super interesting guy with a really intriguing story and a lot of really great insight to share. And I learned a lot. So please enjoy my interview with the mighty, mighty Ken Kranzman. Oh, and okay. <laughs> anybody that knows you knows you. Has anybody ever told you you have a unique voice? Uh, actually, it was funny you say that. My wife and daughters were driving home the other night from jujitsu, and they heard Toad the Wet Sprocket come yeah. on. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, one of my daughters said, that sounds like dad when he sings. Oh, nice. And my wife played it for me, and I'm like, no, I can't hear it. Right. Yeah, I can't hear it, but of course they can hear it. And I'm thinking, those guys though, Toad the Wet Sprocket—that's who I sound like. Right, man, what a generic version. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? awesome, man. No, I know it's unique. It's like just like anything else. I hate hearing my own voice. Right. I think you're a co. Well, okay. So first of all, for anybody that knows you and hears you, already knows who the guest is, Ken Kranzman. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you Did for I having me. Did I pronounce your last name right? Kranzman, yes. Okay, yes. Cool. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, I know you from Open Guard Jiu Jitsu. Correct. Uh, and speaking of, so your voice, I I feel like your whole person, voice included, is like a total cohesive package. And here's what I mean your voice sounds, you sound tough to me. Okay. <laughs> you sound, you sound tough. And I've, and I've rolled with you in Jiu Jitsu and you, you have so much pressure. It hurts. Whatever you touch hurts. And, and those who do jujitsu know, would know that that's a compliment. And so like your voice to me, like it's uh, 
it's it's got some grit to it matches what it feels like okay to be submitted by you all right <laughs> first time i've ever heard that okay no i guess i mean it's like I used to sing in a band, right? And I recorded a lot of music. So mm-hmm. it's like my own voice yeah. was somewhat grating to me. It's like, sure. I, I could never really listen to it. Yeah. But it's the same thing with like jujitsu matches. I never record my matches. I can't stand to watch it. Sure. Because that was the past version of me. Oh yeah. Right. That version is no longer, ex- it no longer exists. Yeah. It exists. What exists in my world is right now. Yeah. So it's almost like that Buddhist sort yeah. of mentality, right? 100%. So I don't dwell on that. I lived in the moment. I remember what I need to remember. Yeah. And that's all I need for myself personally going forward with any endeavor. Right. I love that, man. There's this guy named Dallas Willard. He's a philosopher and theologian that I really like. And he talks about, he uses that concept in terms of public speaking. And I've come to really uh, try to take this practice into my own life where he just goes, after I get done speaking, I imagine I have a helium balloon in my hand on a string and he, lets it go and that balloon represents his talk or for us it would represent that match or for us also it would represent that song or that show or whatever right and i let it go and it's gone and i can't go back and get it even if i tried and so i'm just gonna let it go and uh i've i've come to do that even when i public speak or i haven't competed yet but i think about that that's probably a really good practice go like i can't control it i can't change it i'm gonna let it go no and it's like everybody's different some people are great students and they want to go back, assess, try and fix what they, what was broken for me. It's, there's a psychological aspect to everything. Um, same reason when we go on vacations for my family, I'm not a picture guy because I prefer to live in the moment Mm -hmm. as opposed to live for the picture, which is a past event that I'm remembering through a smoke laden lens, which is that camera. Yeah. I don't want to be, out of that moment, I want to be there and and living it. If somebody else wants to take pictures, great, cool. Yeah. But I just want to be involved. Mm-hmm. And to me, that we've speak, we've spoken about it, you and I, that that mindfulness mm-hmm. and just being aware, being conscious in any given moment, to me, is of the utmost importance. And I think paramount in the overall human experience. Yeah, I love that, man. And the truth is, is you're gonna actually again. I've heard this. I don't know how true it is, but I have heard that the person who doesn't take a picture of an experience actually will remember it better just on their own than the person who took the picture. Now, of course, the person that took the picture will have the picture, but I heard that you actually don't remember the experience itself as well if you were focused on capturing it. And I think, you know what? I think that's reasonable and that makes sense to me in the fact that Imagine the people taking the picture. Every time someone takes a picture, they're trying to organize the picture, Mm -hmm. which is oftentimes not accurate of what's happening, Mm -hmm. right? They're trying to organize everybody, get the lighting right, get all of this, but they're not just living in the moment. They're trying to capture something that already passed in a sense and then trying to reorganize it. To me, it's just, it's not for me. Sure. Personally, I, again, I just want to be there and enjoy it and have that vivid memory. It's like I have this reel to reel in my head. It's like it's always playing movies and sometimes it's so real. It's like I'm driving and I'm thinking because yeah. I never have the radio on in my vehicle. I'm always just thinking. And I get so deep sometimes. I'm like, whoa, hey, I yeah. just missed that stop sign or something. You know, it's like, holy crap. Um, so, yeah, I think just going 
back to that. It's like mindfulness. I, yeah. I just rather be there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You, I'm when you walked in my house. If you if you look up to the left above the TV, I have this sign that just says "Be here now," which is a quote from a guy named Ram Das, who I really yes, like. yes, yeah. I follow him. Just yep. be here now. Now Absolutely. his book "Be Here Now" is a little over my head, and I don't even honestly. I probably have some disagreements with Ram Das, but I, that's actually that's one of the things I love about Joe Rogan is I've come to be able to really pull from people I disagree with. I go, dude, I don't want to be so polarized. I want to listen to people I disagree with and Absolutely. pull out because there's a ton of good there. You know what I mean? Um, and that's one of the things I love about Open Garden, man, is there's just so... I can't pick out a, a particular person that I necessarily disagree with, but what I know is when I walk into that place, there's just a hundred different stories in the room and backgrounds and we've all just come to do this one thing that none of that really matters. No. We can get on the mat and none of that crap matters. I recall when I first started jujitsu, day one, mm -hmm. June 11th, 2016, so, I did a seminar. I remember dates did, wait, very a well. A seminar was your first day in jujitsu? Yes. Okay, interesting. And I remember what the black belt at that time said, talking about jujitsu and how it's, a, it's, it's an experience, right? And it changes a lot of people internally, mentally. And one of the things he said that's resonated with me every day since is I like the kind of person I am when I do jujitsu. Hmm. I like this version of me. Hmm. And that hit me deep. Yeah. And I just thought about that. And looking back now, five, almost five years later, it's, it still sticks in the forefront of my mind. It's still there. I contemplate it all of the time because there's there's always those deeper hidden meanings with what people say. And it it is. It's just I love the person I am when I do jujitsu because yeah. I'm a patient, relaxed, yeah. carefree person who's just present. Yeah, that's incredible. Man. It is. And yeah. it, you watch it with other people happen. They come in and they transform over the six months, year, whatever the case may be. And it's that same transformative experience and they're just chilled. They're relaxed. I yeah. mean, you can't help but get relaxed when you have a 300 pound guy sitting on top of you yeah, sure. threatening to take your life. Right, right. Eventually you learn how to relax and address the problem. For sure. Well, and that's in this definitely isn't original to me, but one of the things that got me, one of the final things that got me into the door at the gym is this concept of like in, in, Boxing, I, I mean, you could spar, but you're not really, it's not really like a fight. It's not quite like the real thing. Karate, it's not quite like the real thing. But in jujitsu, every day, you can go 100% against another person, and it's pretty close. Maybe minus the emotion of a home intrusion or something like that. Yes. But And that's probably a factor as well, but you get pretty close to the real thing. I mean, very close to the real thing in jujitsu. Oh, yeah. I mean, oftentimes, early on... You know, I'd walk out of the gym after training and I just think, well, I escaped, I escaped the fire today, right? Yeah. It was another day playing with fire. I escaped injury free yeah. and that's a good day. And thankfully I haven't had a lot of injuries, just a little nicks and dings, but it's just, it is an amazing thing that you can go nearly a hundred percent and not hurt the other person or get hurt yourself as long as you're just taking care. Yeah. I, I think jujitsu is one of those things that first and foremost it is my responsibility as a practitioner to protect myself. Sure. So that's what I do with my jujitsu. First and foremost, it's with anybody. I'm just protecting myself. Mm -hmm. 
And whatever happens after that is what happens. Yeah. So. So what made you, June 11th, you said, 2016? June 11th, 2016. Yes, What sir. made you, where, where'd you go? What made you go? Okay. So I was doing Taekwondo with my daughters. Okay. They, we had been doing it just over a year at that point. And the place decided to have a jujitsu seminar okay. because the head instructor of the Taekwondo Academy was also doing jujitsu, was a blue belt, um, recently minted blue belt, and decided to bring in his professor in, have a seminar, and maybe introduce jujitsu as a program. Sure. So he had a pretty good showing for that seminar, and then as a result, decided to incorporate jujitsu as part of the the programming for the school itself. So yeah. I just fell in love instantly. It's like Taekwondo, whatever. Jiu-jitsu. All right. You know, it was just and that's one of those things that hooked me too was the fact that I could go what I perceived at that point to be full throttle. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> Which right. is just spazzy. Right, right. <laughs> Climb at people. Right. Um and that just that that got me hooked, you know, and it was just that whole idea that it was a life altering experience and I never realized how much it was at that point. I still don't really think I fully understand it Yeah, because it's so complex and there are so many layers to it. Every day is something new. Yeah. It just surprises me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I also think one of the beautiful things about um, being a part of a jujitsu school like open guard is that everyone gets there and we're all there for one purpose. But at the same time, I only know jujitsu can. So where are you, are you, where are you from? <laughs> Nowhere. Where'd you come no, from? I'm, I'm <laughs> um, Indiana. I grew up Indiana. in Northeast Indiana. Um, okay. Five miles. I was in Michigan. Five miles. I was in Ohio. Oh, wow. Right. Um, yeah. I grew up there uh, till I was 17 and then I moved here. I moved out on my own when I was 15. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's just a story um, there, right? Yeah, you know, we were as little as you want to share. It's fine. Yeah, no, yeah. there's no need to get into all that. It's just I've always been an independent person. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm an insular person, meaning sure. that I'm sort of an introvert. Sure. By design. Yeah. And the fact that I'm able to do what I do and the capacity that I do it with jujitsu, for instance, yeah. you know, instructing and everything in front of people yeah. is very unnatural for me. And I'm much more comfortable with it now. But there are certain days where it's a little bit, you know. There's anxiety. Everybody's got anxiety, sure. right? And it's like I try and shed the anxiety, and I've gotten better as I I've aged. Sure. But going back to where I was from, so I I moved out 15. I moved to Madison when I was 17. Okay. Um, with who is now my wife, so we got married when I was 19. And she's an awesome lady. Shout yeah. Out. So we've been together, I think this year it'll be 27 years. We've been wow, married yeah. together for 30. Incredible. Um, our daughters now are twins and they're they're 13, going to be 14 in August. That was a whole wild ride in and of itself. I bet. You know, everybody, it's funny. Everybody's had their struggles in life. Everybody's got their, their sad stories. 100%. Right? I've got a ton of them. Sure. But again, those are all gone. Yeah. Today is today. And so you really, you really don't... Reflect on those? I do. Mm-hmm. I think everybody does, and I think that's reasonable. Sure. And it's natural and it's healthy, right? Because yeah. the 45-year-old Ken can look back on that experience and say, you know what? I'm glad I did that. Mm-hmm. Or eh, maybe that wasn't such a good idea, Ken, right? Yeah. But for me, regret's a dangerous thing. Sure. Because if I regret 
moving out when I was 15 or doing certain other things, marrying when I was young, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. So my path has led me to where I am today. Yeah. And I'm very thankful every day. Yeah. That I have this day. So I, I do ruminate. Sure. I think a lot. I talk out loud to myself a lot. Yeah, it was yeah. something I learned when in my early twenties from a former employer. Whenever you're talking, pitching, doing anything, talk out loud before you present yourself mm-hmm. or present your message to the people. Hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's a completely different experience. How many times I have to edit <laughs> what I'm actually thinking yep. as opposed to what's coming out in words. Yeah, I love it. It's that. all the time. Well, I think there's a key this is confusing language, but it makes sense to me. There's a key difference between talking to yourself and listening to yourself. And if you do more listening to yourself than talking to yourself, you're probably going to get into trouble. That's going to lead you to regret. Because if you just listen to that inward voice too much, that's where it's going to be like, you shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Blah, blah, blah. You talk to yourself, you get to choose the message of, um, yeah, that that poor choice led me to a good place. That ugly thing turned into something beautiful. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think there's a key difference for us to decipher. And I hear, I hear you saying that. And I think it's the difference between conscious and subconscious. Sure. That's a great way to put it. For me, it's my subconscious is my BS detector, mm-hmm. right? It's telling me something's not right. Something's not wrong. I can't put my finger on it, yeah. but something's wrong. It's my conscious to say, no, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Do it. You're here. You're now. You're in the moment. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. But there's that gut feeling like something's bad. And it's like I just listen mm-hmm. emphatically to my inner voice, sure. to that subconscious. When something doesn't feel right, I back away. What Another thing I learned long ago in my life that's helped me be more successful is just the fact that lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. I love it. Meaning that if somebody needs an answer from me right away or needs something from me right away, barring any physical sure. you know, harm, I don't have to give you an answer right sure. away. I can take my time and think about it. Right. Moreover, I can say at any one singular point, I don't know. Yeah. Ask them. I'll yeah. do that all the time in like jujitsu. It's like, Ask this guy. He he does better at those. I suck at those. So much, such a better option than giving a bullcrap answer Absolutely. in order to not look stupid. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I don't care how people look at me. I sure. don't care what you think of me. You either like me or you don't like me. And you, if you're gonna like me, it's for who I am. If you hate me, it's because of who I am. I don't care. I don't have different versions of Ken for different people. Yeah. I dial some things back a little bit. Sure. I can be pretty intense. Yeah. Right? But I have to dial that back a little bit when I do the kids class. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, for obvious reasons. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I just keep those things in mind. Yeah. Um, just I'm never in a hurry. And I hate it when people put pressure on me to try and hurry. Yeah. I, I just don't bow to that. Right. Right? And I'm backing off instantaneously when you try and pressure me into doing something. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally appreciate that. I hear you talk. You got a thousand stories. Therefore, you got a thousand lessons in a whole life of of a story. I hear all I hear is Ken needs to start a podcast. <laughs> right now, this it's funny because it's like I there's nothing unique about me. There's nothing unique about my story. There's nothing unique about my life. Yeah, past, present, and probably future. I'm just another guy, just like anybody else, and I've never considered myself above anybody else. It's just 
why? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like pointless. I, I, it is pointless yeah. because I'm trying to just exist in yeah. a world and I'm just mm-hmm. trying to flow like water. Sure. Right. And it goes back to, you know, people who, who want to maybe pressure you or want to get you to do something for them quickly, which is increasing yeah. <laughs> in the world. And it's like, you know, I got to back it off because what they're asking me to do is something I don't normally do. And then I think what inevitably happens when you're pressured into doing something like just whatever it may be for a friend, right. Or mm-hmm. a family member. Hey, can you, can you make this thing for me? Or can you do this thing for me? Or I have to back it off because in there I get confused and I get lost in their head. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm allowing their brain and a lot of times people are just, um, confused and, and they conflate issues, right? It's just like this big mess. Yeah. I try and keep my head simple. Yeah. I don't do things out of an, out of the ordinary for myself. I, I stay regimented. You, if it's out of the confines of the five or six things that I do, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I just keep it simple mm-hmm. for me. It's less is more. And I just try and live that way. And I try and teach that to my kids well, it seems like it'd so, be a necessity for you, even if you just look at the super practical parts of your life. So you you are, you have these things that people probably are, are really sought after. So like, I'm talking so practical. You have a pickup truck and insane woodworking skills. People are going to come to you for things. You know what I'm saying? And you have to pick and choose. Absolutely, for sure. And and it's not saying that I that I don't do things oh, for of people. Course. And I don't help. I do a lot for people. Right? Of course you do. Yeah. Um, but it's there are certain things that I can't do, like in mm-hmm. my business, right? All the time, people are asking me to expedite an order for them, rush an order. This is a perfect example of lack of planning on your part does yeah. not constitute an emergency on my part. Sure. Now, I did that in the past where I'd expedite things and then inevitably there's problems that occur. And right. then just finally I have to decide, you know what? No. Right. I, I'm just not in a hurry. Yeah. If you want to go somewhere else, that's cool. Totally cool. I just, done. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it smooths out my path. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah, you can't let people take advantage of good nature. No, yeah. no. And and it's happened. And it's like, you have to find a point with which you can't allow people to do certain things. It doesn't mean you have to be rude yeah. or mean about it. It just means that I can't do that right. for whatever reason. And I don't even have to explain myself. Sure. I don't feel compelled to have to explain myself to you. Yeah. I don't have to justify myself. Right. Just, it's all good, man. Go somewhere else. I've, I've had a lot of, in my business, a lot of people say a lot of really bad things. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of uh, curse words. Let's yeah. just say that. Because well, you do, I've seen some of your woodwork. You do incredible work. Do you want it? Do you mind? So what, what's your business? And if, what is a customer looking for when they come to you? So again, just custom woodworking. I've been doing this since I was, boy, with my dad. My dad was a, uh, sort of just a handyman of sorts. Yeah. So I just learned with him early on. I started started making things when I was probably nine, 10 years old. You oh, know? That's awesome. I've been in the trades for 15, or since I was 15, right? So 30 years. Wow. I've, I can count on one hand how many jobs I've had, including my own business. Hmm. Outside of, of course, being a 16-year-old working at your restaurants. But sure. as an adult, yeah. I've had five jobs, including my own business, yeah. which I've had for 14 years now. Wow. 30 years of experience and everything have led me to the, where I'm at now, which now I'm free to do more things. 
but 30 years, count that. I mean, you've been in jujitsu now. You see guys come in and month, three months, six months, and sure. you always, sometimes you hear the, um, oh man, I'm, I'm in this for life. This, yeah, is the, yeah. this is the greatest. Oh, I'm going to be here every day. And then you never see him again. Yeah. And it's like, I know it's a unique situation with jujitsu, but I think oftentimes people give up way too early sure. on something that they just don't stick it out through the rough patches and they don't find a way to get through the hump and yeah. over the hump. Sure. And as a result, they just miss so much. Yeah. I think we kind of, in my estimation, we live in this kind of get rich quick sort of society where it's like now, 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 now. For sure. As opposed to just that, hang in there, man. Mm -hmm. You stick with this long enough, you're going to find what you need. Yeah. Um, Chris Hoyter, one of the first 12 black belts in the US, in talking about jujitsu, has a saying it's just like, it's not who's good. It's who's left Sure, <laughs> because so many people leave wow, that's right? jujitsu and it's like, that's it. You just, you hang out long enough. You stick there. You're going to get where you need to. Yeah. Just keep some simple things in mind and follow your principles, whatever they may be, For your sure. core values, your core principles. Don't go beyond those. It'll happen. Just patience. Sure. Well, I'm more, if you put people into categories between thinkers and feelers, I'm more of a feeler. So this is a hard lesson for me to learn, but I believe it to be true that sometimes or very often progress is actually unfelt. And just because you don't feel like you're getting better um, doesn't mean that you're not. Because it's the days where I go, ah, dude, I feel like I haven't learned anything because I got smashed all day. So speaking jujitsu, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't get said often enough, but it is the truth that the people you're training with are getting better at kind of the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, the rising tide floats all boats, right? Yeah. Same sort of concept. You're all kind of coming up. And when you really realize, in my estimation, how you've progressed is when that new person walks in the door and you're asked to roll with them. And then all of a sudden, they're doing all these crazy things. You're like, oh crap, I probably did that when I started. Yeah, yeah. And then... B, it's like, oh, well, I can start doing this and doing this. Oh, they're not going to stop this. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah, yeah. you start to realize that you've learned a lot. Sure. And jujitsu's primary function is self-defense. Sure. But you're now using your jujitsu against gamed opponents. Mm -hmm. Totally different thing. Right. So that's the art of it. And it's like, for me, sharing with people, you know, when we roll, you and I roll, giving you tips and pointers, letting you know what I'm doing yeah. so that you can stop it. Mm -hmm. That serves us both well. That gives yeah. you a working knowledge of what's happening and how to address that scenario to prevent it from the future. Mm -hmm. And your attempt to prevent that in the future, that will ultimately lead me to have to find a different path. Sure. I've got to flow like water now around yeah, what yeah. You're, the obstacle you're putting in place. I learned from that. Yeah. And it's a awesome. beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. I love it, man. Yeah, when we started doing those narrated roles, it's been huge for me. Because just that verbal process of hearing hearing something while feeling something just is like this double threat that helps it solidify in my head. Good. Yeah, it's awesome. No, it was. I enjoyed that too because it's a unique experience on my end because I don't always think consciously what I'm doing. I'm just... Yeah reacting and you know you eventually get there where you're just you're doing things because it's just now it's just built in sure you don't have to think about it so yeah 
Well, the name of the game of this show is sharing resources. Okay. So, what are some things you'd recommend to people? Well, what, let me see what we got. Oh, we're doing pretty good. What movies, books, bands, songs, articles, quotes? What would if you're talking to somebody? What do you tell them to recommend? Yeah, I mean, again, if you were to, I'm probably one of the most uninteresting people in the world. That's not true. Well, me. basically, because I'm I'm pretty well because what I'm new, right? I'm new to you, so therefore it's oh, maybe sure. interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the greater concept, I'm a pretty boring guy. I okay. do three things every day. Okay. Family. Yeah. Work and jujitsu <laughs> every day. That's my life. Yeah. I don't go out with friends. Yeah. I'd love to play in a band again, but you know why I don't play in a band? Because most of the guys my age, in fact, all the guys my age, want to play in a band in a basement, get drunk, get high, mm-hmm. because it's their outlet. It's their way to get away from their family. For me, that serves no purpose. Yeah. That's not what I want. I you want know, something that has payout. You remind me of, uh, I read this book called I think it's called Doesn't Make the Boat Go Faster. And it's about this British Olympic rowing team. And they had this mantra where they would run every decision through the filter of doesn't make the boat go faster. So they're like, hey, guys, should we go Should we go to the bar tonight? And they were like, well, will it make the boat go faster? No. Then we're not doing it. You know what I'm saying? And no, that's clever. And so you got to define what your boat is. And you've laid that out in three pieces right there. And that's a wonderful analogy. And that's a great way to like every day put it against that litmus, right? Sure. That's your litmus test. Yeah. Is it going to make me better? And maybe I do that subconsciously. I don't know. But it's like, I want to make sure that I'm productive every day, no matter what it is I'm doing. Yeah. Um, in terms of like to answer your question, because I kind of dodged it there. Sure. Well, yeah, if you don't have resources, <laughs> I'll ask you what your favorite band and movie and book is. But no, it's if like- you got some things in mind, sure. No, there, I mean, I love quotes. I'm a collector yeah. of quotes. And you like this stoic, uh, stoic philosophy and stuff, don't you? I feel like I've seen some of that. I do. It's yeah. um, in my business. Believe it or not, psychology is a massive part hmm. of of running my business. You know, and just as it is for Dan, you know, and and, and others that you know run a jujitsu gym. Yeah. But in mine, it's like I can tell within the first sentence where the possible customer is going to go with me. Right. Sure. I can tell you, and it's just nine point nine times out of ten, I'm right. And it's just years of experience, sure. but it's how they open up. My favorite one, and not to sound like a complete jerk, but it's my favorite one is, oh my gosh, I love your stuff. I've been looking everywhere for this. Okay, so what do you what do you hear when you hear that? You're never going to buy from me because <laughs> you want to get this as cheap as possible. You're Amazing. just trying to massage me. Yeah. And it's, it is. It's clockwork. Wow. And it's crazy though. And it's like over the years, it's those psychological things. Now, I'm careful not to walk myself into that, meaning that I'm not trying to set every potential customer up for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Meaning I'm not trying to project that. You give. So are you saying you give each person the benefit of the doubt Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. But if I go and crunch the numbers... And I present them to you nine point nine times out of ten, yeah. right? It's just that point one percent that will buy. It's it's a nutty little thing, man. And there's all sorts of other stuff, but not to get convoluted. But it was no, just no. it's one of those things. But psychology is one of my big things, which leads me to my quotes, right? Okay, sure. My collection of quotes, and that I believe the mind is the most powerful tool we have, and just being subject. Uh, being objective mm-hmm. is a crucial part of the human experience. Sure. And that goes back to earlier talking about 
how great it is being in the gym with people and that we can have felons and police officers working side by side without any care in the world. Yeah. And they're helping each other. That to me is a, a great way for just the world in general to work, right? Sure. And it should work that way, but for some reason we just don't. Mm -hmm. But within that context, it's like, I remind myself, you know, the quote that I used last week from Henry Ford, it's like, whether you can or you can't, either way you are correct. That's great. I believe in anything's possible. Mm -hmm. And it's just up for me to take the blinders off, see past the barricades, and again, flow like water, man. Yeah. It's there, I just have to find it. And I think that's why jujitsu works for me. Mm -hmm. um, because I honestly, I have ADD. I was diagnosed when I was like 20. Mm -hmm. I took Ritalin for like three days, hated it. Yeah. Never sought anything after that. Yeah. It's again, I'm an internal guy. I figure it out for myself. So I've that's crippled me for years. Yeah. Um, and then that led to drinking. Now, alcoholic, I haven't had a drink since... January 3rd, 2012. Wow, nice, man. It was the last time I drank. I used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. I quit June 18th of 2015, just months before starting Taekwondo with my daughters. Oh, nice. But I stopped. Cold turkey, by myself, no aid from anybody, because I believe that my mind is a powerful tool and that I can decide when... It begins and when it stops, yeah. I'm in control. Yeah. And that's led me to like, or that came from sort of my reading of Ayn Rand. I, I'm, I'm really a fan of her fiction books, which are based on her philosophy. Sure. So what's, what's her name? Uh, Ayn Rand. A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. I'm going to be so happy you spelt that when I listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so she was a Russian um, author who okay. escaped the Soviet Union, came to the U.S., wrote books, her, her philosophy was objectivism, right? And it's the, the idea that being selfish is a virtue. Okay. People conflate selfishness with greed. Okay. They are two separate entities. Sure. Greed, I think we can all agree, is, is, a, is a bad thing. Sure. Being selfish, meaning I have my self-interests in mind, with any endeavor. That's a good thing. That's that, that allows you to survive. Right. Sure, sure. Um, so would you, would you equate that with the concept of like, um, in a plane crash, you put your mask on first before you help someone else. That is one of the most basic rudimentary examples to express it. Sure. Yes. Okay. I think that's adequate and it makes sense. Right. How can I help my kids if they're in something if I can't first help myself right absolutely yeah I, I have to take care of a before I can take care of B I can't sacrifice everything for that right yeah 100%. um yeah so no they're interesting reads her her actual writings on objectivism in and of itself like the actual text is boorish sure <laughs> and it's bloviated yeah. And it's just, I can't read it. My eyes gloss over. It's lawyer speak. Sure. Which always like drove me crazy. That's why guys like Einstein, Albert Einstein, or Emmanuel Velikovsky, these scientists who, who helped shape and change the world, obviously Einstein, wrote in the most simplistic terms 
basic terms, basic words to express the thoughts. Einstein had a quote, I, I don't remember it in, in totality, but sure. in summary, it was basically, if you can't explain a concept to a six-year-old, you don't understand it. Love it. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I think a lot of times people over-explain stuff because they just like to hear themselves talk yeah. or maybe they like to confuse people because it makes them feel better yeah. by using big words and big concepts. Well, I love that. In, I've said this to you, but that's why I think I've said this to you before. And that's why I think you're such a good jujitsu instructor is you can figure out a few different ways to say the same thing, according to who you're talking about kids included. And like, for me, you say to one person, Hey, you need to go to the end of the lever. Cause they might be thinking, they're more that type of mind. You say to me, you're like, hey, you know a slot machine? Where do you grab the handle? Yeah. Okay, well that, you just said the same thing to two different people. Um, you said the same concept in two different ways. And that's what that Einstein quote makes me think of. And that's ri- that's a that's a teaching gift. Um, I, I think it's more over, because my, my background has let me, you know, I, I, I had to manage people and on installations and, and sure. in California, out of state, right? Where I had no backup. It's like, I'm... Mid twenties, I'm trying to tell these guys who are maybe 10, 15 years older than me, yeah. not what to do. That's the trick. Don't tell people what to do. Give them the goal and the pathway to get there on their own. Yeah. Because everybody has different ways of interpreting information, digesting information, and backgrounds that lead them to that point. Mm-hmm. So within that, it's it's that thin line of giving people what they need at that moment. Yeah. Right. So like in jujitsu for me, watching people, I don't operate with a, a no child left behind concept, meaning that everybody has to get it right the first time or second time, third time. To me, that's crazy because you're going to be ready to get it when you're ready to get it. Sure. It's, we just want to make sure the details are where you need them for where you're at and your path. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? If you're three months in, you're not going to understand the information the way a person who's been doing it for a year is. Mm-hmm. So my expectation of that three-month person is not the same as the person who's been here for a year. You know, when we do those line drills going down the line, it's I'll watch people when you do your shrimps. It's like, get those elbows in. You're yeah. you're advanced enough now. You know what you're doing. Get them in. Get them yeah. tight. And I make other tweaks. I'll go into other groups. And it's like, you're far enough along. Make this little adjustment. Sure. Make that adjustment. Sure. But you do it carefully, you sprinkle it, right? That's all it is, just sprinkles. Mm-hmm. And you're trying not to confuse people. You're just you're trying to give them the information required to get where they need to be at that given moment. Sure. Which yeah. again is different for everybody, right? Yeah. Well, and it's just like recovery, but it's like just there's so much value in just keep coming back. Absolutely. You didn't get it all perfect today. Consistency is Greater than perfection. Absolutely. I learned perfection is illusory. (laughs) Why am I chasing after perfection? Perfection is also subjective. Sure. Everybody has a different version, a different idea of what perfection is. I prefer excellence. Sure. Excellence is attainable. Excellence is a goal-oriented mindset. Perfection is the summit with which I'm going to climb 28,000 feet without oxygen yeah. aid and probably die as a yeah. result, right? I, I would go I personally would go as far to say it's it becomes an idol that will let you down. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's just can't carry the weight of what you want it to. I think it's I think the focus is incorrect. And it 
requires the person who strives for perfection to focus on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And that is perfection in and of itself. Excellence isn't a destination. Sure. It's just a mindset. Yeah. Where perfection is a destination, at least in my estimation. Sure. (laughs) It is. So I think those, keeping those separate and being okay with, I'm just trying to be the best version of me, trying to do my best and just strive for excellence. I think that's more attainable. You have goals that are set forth by yourself Mm -hmm. that are attainable, right? For me at my age, for me to go and say that I'm going to go to ADCC, right? Mm -hmm. Abu Dhabi Combat Club. That I can go and compete at that level. Which is just a huge world-renowned jiu-jitsu tournament. Absolutely. For those yes, that sir. don't know. Um, high payouts for competitors. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous for me to, to set a goal that I'm going to get there. It's just not attainable. So why am I going to put pressure on myself to try and reach a goal that is essentially unattainable, thus setting myself up for failure? Sure. I don't believe in setting myself up for failure. I believe in setting up manageable goals that I can attain on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, yearly, right? That's it. Just one day at a time. Be patient. It's like sometimes people, it's like they'll say stuff to you like, you know, talking about your jujitsu and it's just like, dude, there's no magic here. Mm-hmm. I just show up. Yeah. I'm here all the time. I come even where I'm at now. It's like I still go to fundamentals and I learn something new. Every time. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so beautiful. Sure. Because I'm always refining. And I think that's one detail that a lot of people forget. That jujitsu, like many other things in your life, are a process of refinement. Meaning, if I can take the hip throw that I learned on day one and come back four years later, five years later with the experience that I have now and apply that same hip throw, I start to understand it deeper. Sure. The nuances of it, the small details of it mm-hmm. that I could never have understood day one. Yeah. And I always keep that in mind, always revisiting things because I'm of a different mindset mm-hmm. and at a different skill level than I was even a week ago. Yeah. Because you know it's a constant learning, right? Yeah. yeah. It just well, and mine's on end. a much smaller timetable than yours. But I, perfect example for me personally is uh, scissor sweep, because I remember learning that on day one or two. Yes, I'm not kidding. It kept me up at night. I could not, <laughs> I could not wrap my head. I'm like, oh, and you got to load them up, and what? Where do I grab? And now I, I'm years away from perfecting it. But now I go, okay, well, this is pretty simple. You know what I mean? And I just choose to. It's just different how you do the same thing and you never graduate from it because it's gonna it's gonna age and it's gonna be better and it's gonna be more understandable in a new way. Absolutely, and that's that's a great way to put it. And that's what jujitsu is. And I think sometimes maybe people don't know that. Maybe it's not said often enough, or maybe they have a different idea. I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to learn. Sure. That you show me that. They want to be shown it once or twice and then they figure they should have it figured out by the fifth time they do it. And it's like, man, I've been doing this a hundred plus times. I'm not even close to getting that figured out. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, I'm still working on all these little things to try and figure it out. And I don't beat myself up over it. Yeah. It's just silly to beat myself up over it. I just do the best with what I got available to me and just 
keep trying to refine things and get a little bit better each day. Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. And that's man. reasonable. And then now all of a sudden you're like a year out, right? Cause you're quickly approaching a year, right? Yeah. Pro- well, I'm probably halfway there. Probably okay. Seven months. Yeah. It's like, you're going to look back and you're going to think you wish you would have taken video from day one. Right. Sure. And now look back and be like, Holy crap. I can't believe that was me. Yeah. You know? And it is, it's, you go back and you're like, holy smokes, all the stuff you've learned and how it's natural and you don't even have to think twice about it. It's just incredible. That's it awesome, is. man. Well, dude, I appreciate you sharing all that you shared about jujitsu. appreciate you letting us know who you are as a person outside of jujitsu a little bit. It's awesome. It's a joy to get to know you a little bit. Um, Damage United? Uh, so, yeah, the... Uh, kimono company that i started uh almost three years ago mm-hmm. and you got you got so you got kimonos or geese and you have rash guards yes right yes um you know i do some apparel right oh sure um sweatshirts what's the um, website just so people know uh it is damageunited.com oh perfect just the way it sounds phonetically nice. <laughs> yes um yeah it's um been a crazy year obviously yeah. so Kind of dialed it back a little bit. See how our year plays out. Um, it's hard to re- or it's easy to forget, I should say, that a lot of people still aren't doing jujitsu in this country right yeah. now, yeah, for obvious reasons. And you know, we're fortunate enough that we can be doing it right now. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you this, man. As we as we wrap up here, I'll tell you. But so you know, I'm my line of work. I'm a pastor, and you you would not believe how often people are not themselves around me because of my line of work and I get it. I understand it. And I don't expect life to be fair. That's really not, uh, that's part, that's actually a hazard of my job that I don't enjoy. I want people to be themselves. You know where I come from. You know where I've been. Yeah, absolutely. So did like nothing will ever surprise me. And not only that people assume what my standards are and then begin to act that way swearing would be an example they go oh he's a pastor i better not swear they assume that's my standard and they take it on and now we're no one's being themselves in this conversation i bring all that up i explain all that to say you and actually a lot of people at open guard i get to go and people are just themselves despite what i do for a living and i've i love that's one of my favorite things about you and about the gym Um, But I'll just direct that at you right now is you just are totally uniquely you, um, despite what I do. You don't put on a show or anything like that. No, what's the point, right? Yeah, I'm totally with you, man. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I think that goes back to that earlier thing, not to belabor the point, but it goes back to just being simple, not confusing myself with being all of these different things to different people. I just want to be me. Whatever that means, take it or leave it. Yeah. And I live my life simple. Yeah. I keep things simple. I keep it out in front of me, man. I don't hide from anything. Right. I attack it right away, get it off my plate, get it out of the way if it's a problem. Yeah. And I wish, um, I think people would benefit a lot more if they maybe took that approach or at least considered it mm-hmm. as perhaps an option. Sure. Right. Especially politicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Well, Ken, thanks for being on yeah, the show, man. Absolutely, my All friend. Right. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. <laughs>